go ahead and take a seat. I'm going to invite the Pletcher kids. They have a special bag for the kids. Oh, the Robertson kids, too. I'm so sorry. We have a good crew helping us out tonight. They have something special for the kiddos in the room. We're excited to have you guys in here with us. Whoa! <laughs> and if you're a first-time guest or you're new to Anak, I just want to say thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for just exalting the name of Jesus. That's why we exist. That's why we gather to exalt the name of Jesus over the valley until every person encounters his healing power and love. And man, what a night to celebrate that. So if, you're, if you are a first-time guest, my name is Shannon. I'm going to be hanging out over here. I'd love to meet you and just help you get connected to the church family. Tonight, we have the privilege of getting to hear from one of our pastoral leadership team members, Blake Staley. He has a powerful word to share with us about the healing power of the cross tonight. Yes. And we are expected. So I am just going to take a moment and pray over Blake as he comes up here. And we're going to get into it. So Lord, we say thank you for speaking through our brothers and sisters. Thank you that we were made for community. I thank you that you do speak to your sheep, that we do hear you, Lord. We don't take that gift for granted tonight, Lord, because your cross made a way for even that. So God, I just ask that you anoint Blake's words tonight. That he speaks only what is from your throne room, God. We thank you that we can come to your throne room in confidence. Yeah. Amen. 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 Whew. Let's just stay in that place. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I, I was feeling the Lord. And I was looking around the room and here, looking at people and seeing that people were encountering him. Um, so let's just stay in that place. And like, uh, yeah, my name is Blake. I am, uh, I've had the honor and privilege of serving on the, uh, in this church for the past seven years. And just want to introduce a little bit of myself. I know I get up here on Sundays and share with you guys and random, some random things, but I actually uh, grew up in Louisiana. Uh, where the Cajun food flows freely. How many of you guys love some food in here? Me and my wife like to maybe call ourselves like intro foodies. I know Mark Parrott is like a real foodie. Um, but I graduated from Baylor University in Waco, Texas. Sick'em Bears. Woo! And uh, it looks like a lot of the A&M have come in here. Um, no, we like them too. Um, I have an amazing wife named Grace and three kids, and we've uh, raised our family out here for the past seven years. And I also founded a company called Drop Detailing, which I was joking with my wife that if I should give a sales pitch on how you need to clean your car, but I'll save that for another time. Um, and guys, this message has, has been on my heart heavily for the past few months when Chris asked me to share this with you. And Ultimately, I'm, I'm just, of course, I've prepared something, but I'm, I'm open to what God wants to say. And I'm excited about what he's going to do in here. Um, I see a lot of faces that I know. I know a lot of stories are in here. There's some of them I don't know. Um, but I know that God's going to meet with us today. Um, and I know that he's going to bring healing in places that we need healing. 
and he's going to bring freedom in places that we've never experienced freedom before. Uh, so I'm really excited. So um, who in here loves adventure? Okay. Who in here loves the thought of adventure? You know, you're like, oh, yeah, I like to watch it on TV. That's you know, kind of fun to... Um, who in here loves Utah? Woo! Loves Utah. And I want to share with you guys this story that is going to just directly kind of take us to the message of the cross and remembering the cross. Like, this is the main focus of tonight is to remember what he did on the cross. And for those of you in here, a lot of you in here know God and you've, you've received his salvation, you've received his freedom. And some of you in here maybe have never uh, heard the story of the cross or, um, and I'm just praying that we're all going to hear it in a new way tonight. And so speaking of adventure, I got the honor to ride up with uh, Sean today on the mountain, shredding the powder. And I love Utah as well. And I wanted to share this story that actually happened in Utah when I was eight years old. And when I was eight years old, we went to this place, uh, actually close to Lake Powell in this canyon. And the canyon was called White Canyon. It's actually connected to Lake Powell. And this area of the canyon is called the Black Hole. And this this, tra this journey was about five to seven miles, or it was about seven miles long. Six hours is what it normally takes when you're a healthy person. Um, and we took about eight people on this journey. And as an eight-year-old, of course, you know, I, you, can, you can imagine that this journey of seven miles, or five to six hours, is not an easy thing. So we take off with anticipation, excitement. We don't know really what to expect. And instantly, my, my aunt was on the trip with us, tears her ACL. And I remember she jumped across this section that we had to get over in order to kind of get inside of the canyon to where you start swimming and make your journey through the canyon. And I can remember so vividly, she tears her ACL and we're all just overcome with fear and anxiety of how else are we gonna make it through the canyon with my aunt who just tore ACL. We're at like the very beginning of the canyon. You know, we're maybe about 30 or 45 minutes in. And I remember pretty soon after she tore her ACL, these college boys came over and actually helped us get her into uh, the area where we couldn't really go back. Um, there was no really room for us to go back because she had already jumped over this section that's like, once you go there, you can't really return. So we get into this section of the water, and if you don't know, in canyons, the water is, of course, really shaded. There's not much room. There's only like maybe an hour of sunlight that it gets. We jump in the water, and instantly, we are overcome with hyperventilation because the water is so cold. And we were just like, <clears throat> you know, I don't know if you've ever swam in, in water that was insanely cold, but it just sucks everything out of you. And in that moment, um, I actually, the water was really murky. There was actually some rats kind of floating around in the water. It was really gnarly. It was wet, it was cold, it was dark, it was narrow. And there was this one section that is called the black hole, where it was a 90 degree turn and you had to like fully kind of shimmy through this section. And 
I remember, of course, as an eight-year-old boy being petrified of going through this section, and this whole experience was like way out of my comfort zone. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why am I here? Like, why did they put me in this situation, you know? Like, I'm eight years old, I can't really do much for myself. Um, and even my, on my aunt's perspective, she didn't expect to tear her ACL. She didn't expect to have um, that experience of pain, you know? And I, and I can imagine in this room tonight, there's people in this room that have that similar story where you feel like you're maybe in a black hole. Maybe not as like right in front of your face, but there's, there's things in your life where you feel like, like, it's, like it's dark and like it's cold and, and like it's, you feel like there may be no hope for you to get free from this one specific thing. And yeah, maybe some of you are like me and my aunt in the story, you were never supposed to experience the things that you have experienced. There's things in life that you have gone through. There's maybe relationships you've had that you were like, I wasn't supposed to go through this. I wasn't supposed to experience this or encounter this. I didn't expect this to happen. And I remember, and yeah, and I imagine that if I sat down with every person in this room, that you all have a story that's caused a lot of pain or caused a lot of pain, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally. And can I be real with you guys for a minute? Yes. In my whole life, I've battled with fear. I remember as a little boy being in my room and afraid of the dark. And I remember it feeling so real. And my mom would flip on the light or have a nightlight. That would help a little bit. But I remember it just being this internal thing. Like, even if we did things on the external, it wouldn't take away this thing on the inside. And as, as I've grown up, I think the fear of man was essentially was a big thing that has tried to tried to take over my life. And even as I prepared for this message, the moment that Chris shared this with me, hey, I want you to share on Good Friday the message of the cross, I could feel that fear of my childhood coming in and saying, you don't have what it takes, or just believing a lot of these lies. Fear of man, what are they going to think of me? Am I going to deliver it the way that I should? Am I, is it going to be biblical? All these accusations and fear coming in. And maybe it's not fear for you, but I can imagine there's something in your life that may seem like a black hole. That's like, I don't know if I'll ever get out. And that's the question we had in the canyon when my, my aunt tore her ACL. It's like, it's five to six hours when we're healthy. We have a long way to go when she's not healthy. And if I heard your story, you know, I would understand maybe why you left the faith or maybe why you have these doubts or why it's hard for you to trust your dad or your mom or people that are close to you and maybe why you look to alcohol or Food or images on the internet to fulfill a hole in your heart that only God can fill. Right. It says in Isaiah that Isaiah 53 that we all like sheep have gone astray, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
But can we all agree that these things at one point, yeah, have felt like a black hole? I remember thinking to myself, there's no possible way that I could actually be free from this fear of man. Even as a believer, as, a, as one who would call myself a disciple, if I were truly honest with myself, that's the, the thoughts that would go through my mind. But it wasn't true. Right. It's not true, right? right? I have some good news for you guys. Fast forward 12 hours after entering the mouth of the canyon, the sun was starting to set over the horizon. We had gone almost five to six hours without water. And I remember laying on this rock with my sister, just honestly kind of in this place of hopelessness, of like, God, what's going on? Are we gonna actually make it out of this canyon? Is it possible that I can make it out? And I remember the, the sun setting, I look up at the stars, the stars are starting to get really bright as it's getting darker. And I remember there is this, we were almost at the end of the canyon at this point. And I remember there was this moment of hope, of like, okay, we're almost there. You know, we're almost there. And I laid there for a moment. My aunt and my family was kind of trying to make their way up. And I remember in the distance, I heard this faint noise. And I was like, Okay, maybe it's my, my family trying to get out of this canyon. And they're excited because they're almost done. And as an eight-year-old boy, I stood there wondering, like, is this, is this really, are we, are we gonna have to sleep here tonight, you know? And I'm laying there and I hear another kind of faint noise. And my sister and I kind of sit up at this point. And I remember hearing in the distance, Search and rescue! And it was this, like, as you can feel, as you can imagine, the emotions that rise up of hope. You know? Like, we thought we were going to be stuck in this black hole. But, but, but there was someone who was coming. We looked in the distance, and these, this team of like 20 to 30 people are running towards us to rescue us out of this canyon. And I, I, I will never forget the feeling of being rescued, of like having this team of people run after when we thought, we, like, we had no hope. And I remember just sprinting towards these people as an eight-year-old, and they had everything we needed. They had water, we hadn't drinking water in a long time. And I, I will never forget the feeling and the taste of water. It, like, water could have been, like, the most pleasant drink you could ever think of. And in that moment, they had everything we needed. And, It says in Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And I, my prayer and my hope for you is that you would remember today His seeking and His saving over you. And if you've never known that, 
I want to tell you that he's come to seek and save you. It says in Psalms 41 through 2, I waited patiently for the Lord. We were waiting on that rock. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Guys, there, there can't be a rescue without a rescuer. Right? And we all know, maybe we don't, that Jesus is that rescuer. That he's the one that has come to save us. It says in, I just want to take you guys a little bit into the story of the cross real quick in John 19, 28 through 30. It says, later knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine and vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk, his plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It cost Jesus everything. He paid it on the cross, right? The places where I felt like I, I wasn't going to do it right, or I wasn't going to, to get out of the canyon. I remember so vividly him rescuing me and this message becoming so real that it's finished. That I no longer have to fear man. I no longer have to be anxious. I no longer have to walk. Whatever your story is today, I believe that God wants to, to place that phrase over your heart and over your life. It's finished. He's paid for it. Let's go. There can't be a rescue without something to be rescued from, right? We were being rescued from this canyon. And, and we all live in the story that we're being rescued from sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is some good news right there. We don't have to work our way. Like he took it on the cross. He took our pain on the cross. He took our iniquities on the cross. He took our sin and he just paid for it. And with outstretched arms, he created the gap. The bridge between us and God. I, I can only imagine when Jesus was carrying the cross. He, he, it says in his word, it was the joy set before him. Right? It was his joy set before him that he endured the cross. And he got on the cross so that we could be with him. And that we could be one with him. He himself, in 1 Peter 2, 24, says he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. And by his wounds, 
you have been healed. I feel like as I was praying for this service tonight, I feel like God wants to release his healing over your relationships, Amen. over your marriage, over your mind, over your heart, over your physical body. Because it says, by his wounds, we are healed. And that's, that's what we get to enter into. It's not just a good idea, you know? This isn't just a good idea. This is the... This is what we live for. This is what he put, on, put us on earth for, is to live for him. I believe that Jesus, yeah, he's wanting to pour out his healing over you and me tonight. And as I look at the story of Jesus on the cross and his journey, I can only think, I was reminded as I was looking through this story in John 18, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was handed over to the soldiers, Peter cut off one of the soldiers' ear, and what did Jesus do? He healed his ear. In John 18, he also, Jesus was sentenced to death, and the people wanted Barabbas, who was a murderer, to be freed, and they wanted Jesus to be crucified. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was in between two criminals. Jesus saved the man on the cross next to him and said, surely you will be with me today in paradise. Jesus also cried out, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing as he's dying on the cross. And lastly, he cried, it is finished. And I think Jesus was in the business of healing because he knew we were going to need to be healed. And just like in the story that I shared with you guys about the canyon, of those search and rescuers calling from a distance, when they called, I answered, right? It wasn't like I just sat on the rock and was like, cool. You know? <laughs> yeah, I need some water, but... I could just chill here. <laughs> there can't be a rescue or healing without a willingness to be healed. That's good. And that is essentially, it comes to a repentance of saying, God, I need you. I repent. I could have chosen not to run to the rescuer or to drink the water, but my awareness of my need determined the action of my heart. And I think in a room like this tonight, I know that there's needs and God wants to meet you. He wants to heal you. And for those of you in the room that maybe have never heard this story, I want to share with you that today is the day of salvation. That he wants to heal your body, he wants to heal your heart, he wants to heal your mind. He wants all of you. He doesn't just want 95% of you. He wants all of you. And I want to share with you guys, and also for those of you that maybe are, have encountered God, and you are maybe running away, and you're like, I don't really know if this is, I don't really know if this is all true. He wants to encounter you tonight. And he wants to remind you 
what he's done on the cross. And maybe for some of you in here, you're a disciple. You are, you, you call yourself a disciple. I believe that God wants to rehydrate you. You know, he wants to give you his spirit. He wants to pour his spirit out on you. So you can have the power that he has. And it says in Colossians 2, 13 through 15, that when you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away. Nailing it to the cross. Nailing it to the cross. Right here, for you and me. He took it. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Amen? I wanted to invite each and every one of you guys in this room To name what you've been carrying and repent because he has healing for you today. We're going to take some nails and some hammers and we're going to physically go nail what God is asking us to give to him tonight. I believe there's, there's places of like I said, uh, um, uh, relationships that he's asking you to give over. Um, he, there's places of maybe fear, like like me, that I'm going to be nailing this area of fear man on the cross tonight. And you get to release it into his arms tonight. As Jesus committed his very spirit to his father's hand, his very spirit to his father's hands, his grace empowers you to do the same tonight. And so as you're going over to the cross, we're going to take it over there, and as you're nailing it, I want you to say the words that Jesus said, Father, I into your hands I commit this. And you can write that on that and nail it to the cross. And imagine what we could do if this church fully surrendered and fully laid it down and walked in freedom and believed that what Jesus did on the cross wasn't just for show, it's reality. Imagine what we could do. And as I look back at this story, I don't share this story with you guys and say, I think I was rescued. I think it happened. I know it happened. I encountered the rescuers. Like they gave me what I needed. And tonight he wants to remind you and he wants to show you that he is the rescuer. Amen. Amen. Jesus, thank you, God, that you are the great king. God, thank you that it was your joy set before you to endure the cross. 
scorning and shame, and you sat down at the right hand of your Father. Thank you, God, that we get to be in partnership with that reality. God, I thank you for my friends in this room tonight, Jesus. Thank you that you're doing something new in our hearts tonight. And Lord, as we nail these things to the cross, God, it's what you did on the cross. And we thank you that we look forward to your victory in the grave that you rose and you conquered the grave. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.